What's up, everyone? It's your boy, DJ Hamilton. Welcome back to another edition of the DJ Sports Show. This is going to be a very NFL-centered episode. I want to get into the week four. Takeaways of the NFL. I haven't really talked about the NFL since the season started due to being busy with work. And not really have, I didn't have a car for a little bit. If you guys listened to my last episode in the intro, I didn't have my car for like two weeks to have a quiet space to really record. So I'm sorry in regards to not really covering the NFL on my podcast. And I'm trying to write more about it. There's some ongoing investigations with the NFL concussion policies potentially changing due to Tuotaga Vololoa, the Miami Dolphins quarterback. Um, probably he got hurt again Thursday night against the Bengals. And he, he was already dealing with, there was already rumors swirling around medical staff and reports to ESPN and NFL that he was already was dealing with concussion. So to him to go play in that game where he could have potentially suffered another concussion, two concussions in the span of less than a week is very damaging to someone's brain. So I definitely want to get into some of the week four takeaways to the NFL and probably get into that if I have time. But yeah, there's some, I did some fan do sports betting this week, man, money line, the bears, Jaguars messed me up, man. And then the Ravens on one, I did a four leg parlay and I did a 10, 11 leg parlay. I lost on all of them. I mean, I was this close to winning the four-leg parlay, but then the Ravens lost and the Jaguars lost. So I was messed up there. But yeah, we're going to get into the week four takeaways around the league, ladies and gentlemen. Sit back, relax, enjoy the show. And make sure you guys follow me on my Twitter handle, DJHamilton23. Follow me on Instagram, same thing, DJHamilton23. Subscribe to the DJ Sports Show website. Like, comment, articles, share to your friends. Subscribe. We're trying to get bigger. And also just share to your coworkers, your friends, family members, etc. We're trying to continue to grow. Make sure you guys hit the like button on this podcast. Make sure you follow the podcast. Leave five-star rating. We're trying to continue to improve and get better. And yeah, let's get into the episode, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, let's let's get into it with week four of the NFL. I finally had a Sunday where I got to sit and watch the games from the Buffalo Bills and Ravens to the Kansas City Chiefs and Tampa Bay Buccaneers to Denver Broncos and Las Vegas Raiders. And so I'll also get to some scores around the league. But the first game I want to talk about is the Bills Ravens game. And the Bills, man, they got lucky. The Baltimore Ravens basically gave them this game. It was fourth and goal. Late in the fourth quarter, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, the scores tied 20 to 20. John Harbaugh, the Baltimore Ravens head coach, and Lamar Jackson, they decide to go for it on fourth and goal. And they're like within the two yard line in the Buffalo Bills red end zone. And Lamar Jackson ends up, ends up throwing a pick, picked off by Jordan Poyer of the Buffalo Bills. And instead of kicking the field goal where they could have went up three points and had to put pressure on Buffalo to try to score at the other end, they end up giving their defense a chance not to pick the ball up, but they, they got some yards in it as well. 
I think Jordan Poyer picked off the pass and he got like 22 yards down the field. Josh Allen and the offense took care of business from there and they ended up getting within field goal territory and ended up winning the game 23 to 20. And it sucks because the Ravens were playing great football. The Ravens were up 20 to 3 at one point and they didn't score again after, after like the first half is where all their points were scored. They didn't score a single point in the second half. The Bills went on to score 20 unanswered points and they were down 14 to 3. At the end of the first quarter, and then at one point when the Ravens scored a touchdown, 20 to 3. So they ended up scoring 20 unanswered points. The Ravens, you, you gotta do better than that. And the Ravens defense were playing, they were playing the best defense they were playing all season long thus far. Because throughout the first three weeks of the season, they have been one of the worst defenses in the league. Lamar Jackson had 144 yards, a touchdown through two picks. He didn't play his best game as he did the previous three weeks. So that that definitely played a part. That that pick in the end zone late in the fourth definitely was a big, big game changer. It flipped the whole script of the game. The Ravens, they had 22 first downs, 64 total plays. They allowed two sacks, two big interceptions by Lamar Jackson. They were 6 of 13 on third down, third down efficiency. They only had 296 total yards in the game. There was this game. A lot of people were going to the game. They thought it was going to be a showdown of offensive firepower between Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. And it wasn't that neither team had more than 400 total yards in the game. Buffalo only had 326. The Ravens only had 296. So no team's offense was firing on all cylinders. Buffalo Bills had 201 passing yards to the Ravens 134. Bills ran the ball 125 rushing yards, 5.3 yards per play. Ravens had 162 yards and 4.6 yards per play. Josh Allen on the other side, the other superstar quarterback in the game, he completed 19 of his 36 passes. He had 213 yards, a touchdown, and threw for an interception. And and there was a lot of people questioning because analytics are a big part of sports nowadays, especially in the NBA and NFL. Those major leagues, analytics are more important in any other sport I don't think it's more important than any other sport than those two sports, football and basketball. Baseball, I know there's analytics too, but I feel like analytics are more integral and more talked about in football and basketball. Like John Harbaugh, he used analytics to determine how successful this play will be before Lamar Jackson ended up getting picked off. And analytics, I'm not really a bad analytics guy. I don't really try to look too much into it. I feel like people dive deep too much into analytics. Like, yes, they're helpful, but there's only so much you could take away from them. And I know analytics said, oh, yeah, touchdown six points is more than three, but three points would have still won you the game. So that's what I'm talking about. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, John Harbaugh. I know he's not the offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator, but you got to make a smart decision in that regard. Like you still, you had a chance to win this game and you guys blew it. Now you're two and two instead of going up three and one on the season. And you're playing in a loaded AFC. That's not going to get any easier. And the Bills, I remember the first game of the season, they they did a riot on the Los Angeles Rams Super Bowl defending champions. And the Ravens, Ravens are in a, yeah, they're in AFC... I forgot. Yeah, AFC North. They're two and two. They're tied with the Browns right now and the Bengals at two and two apiece. Chiefs are three and one. Dolphins are three and one. Bills are three and one. So they're the, among the top teams in the AFC conference. So yeah, this game, it all came down to it wasn't a fire shoot, like a fire shooting match that we expected between these two electrifying quarterbacks, but it still was a decent game to watch. 
both defenses. The Bills' defense stepped up big time in the second half. They were getting destroyed in the first half. They were getting Lamar Jackson and that offense. They were playing great, great football in the first half. He was making reads, smart reads. He was running the football. He was dodging defenders. He was basically, he's just, he's the best running quarterback we've ever seen. Better than Michael Vick. Better than a lot of these guys. Better than Russell Wilson. Wilson in his prime. All these guys. So that was an interesting game to watch. These are two teams who potentially vie for the Super Bowl. And I got the Bills going to the Super Bowl. Actually, nah, I think the Bills or Chiefs are coming out the AFC. That, that's my prediction. I got the Bills or the Chiefs. So that was an interesting game to watch. Other, other scores around the league. We had the Vikings defeat the Saints off a field goal 28 to 25. Kirk Cousins had 273 yards, a touchdown. Completed 25 of his 38 passes. And it was a L- in London. So I betted on the Vikings to win this game, and I was happy. But then my rest of my bet felt, fell through, man. <laughs> it fell through. I was kind of upset about that. But it is what it is. Yeah, the Seahawks. This was the highest offensive output of any game this week. Seahawks defeated the Lions 48 to 45 in an off- offensive shootout. Geno Smith had 320 yards, two touchdowns, completed 23 of his 30 passes. Derek Goff had 378 yards thrown, four touchdowns, had a pick, and completed 26 of his 39 passes. The Lions had 520 total yards. The Seattle Seahawks had 555 total yards. 27 first downs apiece for both teams. The Seahawks were very efficient on third down. 9 of 12 on third down. The Lions, 4 of 10. and But there was some penalties, a lot of penalties on both sides. The Seahawks had 11 penalties that cost them 76 yards. And the Lions had 8 penalties that cost them 59 yards. But these two teams, I had the Seahawks winning this game. So this is another one of my bets that it went well with one of the games. But I didn't get the full bet because some, like anyone, anyone who does FanDuel, they should know. That if you if one thing messes up, like a team loses, or you're doing over unders, and one person or guy doesn't hit that over or gets more than that under, you're not gonna get that money. <laughs> Just to let you know that. So that that yeah, the Seahawks Lions game that was that was a shooting match, offensive firepower right there. We got the Jets defeating the Steelers twenty four to twenty. Mitch Mitch Trubisky he got benched for Kenny Pickett the rookie. Mitch Trubisky he. I think his NFL career is basically almost over. We're going to also talk about another quarterback of the Carolina Panthers who potentially is on his way out the league because he has been playing horrendous this this season. But Mr. Risky had 84 yards of interception, and he was basically benched. And Kenny Pickett came in. He, he got picked three times, the rookie. And the Jets they took advantage of that. And Dak Wilson, he was making his debut in the season. He threw for 252 yards, a touchdown. But he had two interceptions, but the Jets end up winning the game anyway. Jets are surprisingly 2-2 two and two on the, of the season so far. And they're playing, playing some pretty good football. 348 total yards in the game. 6-15 on third down. They also had uh, 19 first downs. And the Steelers, Steelers are, to me, they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league this season. They just don't have a lot of talent, in my opinion. Their offense is they just don't have the quarterback play. They don't have an elite quarterback who could really push their offense to that level. Their defense, their defense, I, I need to look at lineups, but their defense is better than their offense, that's for sure. But that's not going to win football games in the National Football League. You got to have a balanced attack. 
and they don't really have an elite offensive or defensive attack. The Giants defeated the Bears 20 to 12. For some reason, I betted against the Giants. Never gonna do that again, especially playing the Bears. I don't know what I was thinking. The Bears have one of the worst offenses in the league. The Giants, Saquon Barkley, ran for 146 yards on 31 carries, even though he had no touchdowns. He was a force in this game. He is having a tremendous productive season. He's finally healthy. I don't want him to get any injuries. He's had dealt with a lot of injuries over the last few seasons since his rookie year. And he's he's been playing some great football. And I, reason I bet against the Giants because I didn't trust Daniel Jones in the passing game. He's a, he's a guy who either overthrows his receivers or underthrows his receivers. He throws a lot of picks, and he's just not an elite, accurate quarterback. And that's why I bet it against the Giants because I thought, okay, the Bears' defense, maybe, because the Giants have a weak passing game. They mostly rely on Barkley in the running game to get them their points. But the Giants came through at home. They had 6-14 on third down, 333 total yards in the game. They only had 71 passing yards. That shows you they don't have belief in Daniel Jones and his accuracy throwing the football and getting it to his receivers. They had 262 rushing yards. They probably rely on the running game a lot than most teams in the NFL because most teams in the NFL have a solid or elite quarterback to rely on to get their ball to the receivers and make smart reads. So, yeah, the Bears lost to the Giants. The Giants are now 2-2, on the season. And I think they're atop the NFC East. The NFC East has been surprising this year. And the Bears are 2-2 two two after this loss. The Titans defeated the Colts. I had the Colts win this game, man. But Titans came through 24-17. Derrick Henry, 114 yards, 22 carries. Continues to show why he's a unicorn. 5.2 yards per carry. And he had a touchdown as well. Ryan Tannehill threw for 137 yards, two touchdowns on 17-21 completions. Matt Ryan of the Colts threw for 356 yards, had two touchdowns, interception, completed 27 of his 37 passes. Jonathan Taylor, he did get hurt. He's expected to play. There is a night he said he'll give it a go if he can. If not, then you can only do so much when you're injured. So just get healthy, Jonathan Taylor. He's one of the best running backs in the league. He's a second-year player, I believe. He's a transcendent talent. Him and Saquon Barkley are amongst the best running backs in the league along with Christian uh, Christian McCaffrey of the Carolina Panthers. Those guys are among the best running backs in the league. And then Corjay Patterson, I think, of the Falcons, I believe he's on the Falcons. Yeah. And then Nick Chubb of the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns have great runners, man. But, uh, yeah, getting back, to, as I digress, getting back to some NFL scores, Chargers defeated the Texans 34-24. Justin Herbert, 340 yards, coming back from a shoulder injury, two touchdowns, completed 27 of his 39 passes. And he was doing what he did, does best, man, finding receivers, getting guys to their spots. And he, he has an electric arm. One thing I want to see the Chargers do more of, though, they kind of, like, they have all the talent in the world. But one thing they've been known for over the years is that a lot of their key guys always get injured or they always choke in big moments. And they almost choke this lead. They were up 27-7 to going to the half. And then the Texans started coming back. It seemed like they were going to make a comeback. Because it was 27-14 to going into the fourth. And then they scored 10 points in the fourth quarter. And the, tech, and the Chargers only had a one uh, scored one touchdown in the fourth quarter. And it looked like they were, the Texans were going to rally back. It looked like the Chargers were going to let this one go. Like they were going to choke the lead again. 
but they found a way to win, and that's what matters. David Mills, Davis Mills, excuse me, he, he's he been a solid quarterback for the Texans, even though they're not expected to be a great team at all by any stretch of the imagination. But 246 yards, two touchdowns. He did throw two picks, but cleared 26 of the 35 passes. He's a solid quarterback. I think he'll be, I don't think he's a starting quarterback in the NFL, but I think once they get their franchise quarterback, he's a great backup option. Like he has proven he could be a quality quarterback in the National Football League. So, Texans, you got a guy who could be your backup quarterback in the future. They just need to get that franchise potential quarterback. Malik Willis, he has not really played for them, but Malik Willis is on the. I'm not bugging. He's he's on the Seahawks. I'm, yeah, he's on the Seahawks. But yeah. But anyways, Chargers ended up winning 34 to 24. Falcons and Browns. Falcons defeated the Browns 23 to 20. Marcus Mariota threw for 139 yards, no touchdowns, had a pick. Kyle Pitts had a reception for 25 yards. Falcons, there wasn't much offense in this game. 333 total yards for the Falcons, 403 total for the Browns. 226 passing yards for the Browns, 131 for the Falcons. 177 rushing yards for the Browns, who really rely on their running attack between Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Two of some of the best, strong, powerful running backs in the league, especially Nick Chubb. He's as productive as they come. 19 carries, 118 yards, and a touchdown. 6.2 yards per carry. He He's amazing, man. The Browns improve. Well, the Browns dropped to 2-2, two two, excuse me. And the Falcons improved to 2-2 two two as these two teams continue to make the postseason. Falcons could be that sneaky team that we could see make the postseason. They, I don't think they have the quarterback. I don't really. Mariota, he, he's okay. I don't think he's that, he's not special or anything. But he's not as terrible as a Trubisky or even a Baker Mayfield, who has not been playing great football. The Cowboys improved to twenty-five and uh, three and one, excuse me, by defeating the Commanders twenty-five ten. Carson Wentz, hundred seventy yards, a touchdown for the Commanders on twenty-five and forty-two completions. He's a very inefficient quarterback. He had two picks as well. And if I, I didn't bet on this game, but I would have betted the Cowboys. The Commanders, they're guaranteed almost to win that game. They, they're one of the worst defenses in the league. They allow every team in the NFL basically has an offensive. The wide receivers be having offensive career highs against them because they're they're in defending the pass and the run. They're they're one of the worst in the league. And then Carson Wentz, I, he's not consistent in terms of having good football games. One game he could throw for 300 yards, two, three touchdowns, no picks. And another game he throws like three to five picks in the game and, or, and have two fumbles or something like that. He's a turnover machine. And, and it, yeah, it's just sad because this guy, when he was a rookie in NFL on Eagles, he was playing at a great level his rookie year. And then he gets hurt, tears his ACL, Nick Foles leads him to the Super Bowl. He comes back, and things are never the same. It's just sad, like, what injuries could do to a career, especially in football. It's such a violent sport. Like, football, it's very easy to get injured. If you don't have the build for football and you're not blessed with good health, you're not going to have a long career. And NFL careers on average are like three to four, five years. But he's been, he's lucky enough. He's in his, what, sixth, seventh year in the NFL. So he's been lucky enough to get past that. But at this, the commanders are, they're not, they're not making the playoffs. They're one and three right now. I don't see that improving. They don't really have, to me, much talent on their roster. And this is another team I see going to be amongst the, Top five to ten worst teams in the National Football League. 
So going around some other scores in the National Football League, we also had the, uh, the Bengals feeding the Dolphins on Thursday night football. The Bengals won 27-15. They improved the 2-2 two two after a very disturbing 0-2 start in the season. Uh, people were starting to get worried about the runner-up of the Super Bowl, how they weren't living up to expectations with Joe Burrow. Because he, he missed some part of training camp, like OTAs. He was dealing with injuries or sickness, something like that. And he's been, last few last few weeks, he's been playing some amazing football. He threw for 287 yards and two touchdowns and 20 of 31 completions. Joe Mixon had 24 carries for 61 yards and a touchdown. And T. Higgins, man, dude was an absolute monster in this game. Seven receptions and 124 yards, 17.7 yards per reception and a touchdown he was amazing in this game tyler boyd had two receptions for 47 yards and 23 and a half yards per catch and joe burrow just continues to do what he does best he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the league and he is so poised in the moment he he he, he doesn't let anything rattle him nothing to rattle him no matter how big the moment is i've been watching him since he was at lsu in the national championship game it doesn't matter how high the stakes are and how big the moment is he's not phased he is as cool as they come. And that's why he has so much respect around the league. This is a guy who carried the Bengals, and he doesn't even have the best offensive line to a Super Bowl appearance in just his second season. And this is a team that was just two years before, two years before, before they, the year before they, they got into the NFL, they were like, what, 2-15, and 2-13? They were terrible. And he has come and changed this franchise, completely turned it around. Along with the addition of Jamar Chase last season, his teammate at LSU, who's a transcendent wide receiver talent, one of the top five wide receivers in the NFL. But yeah, man, Jamar Chase, uh, he hasn't been having the as great of a season as he did last year. He had one of all-time rookie seasons. He has kind of been a little under the radar this year. I haven't been hearing much about him, like him dominating games or anything like that yet. But I expect him to get off his funk and really start getting back to that all-pro level he was playing at last season. Dolphins, man, I'm, I'm putting my prayers up for Tua Tagovailoa. He, in the, at the end of the, like around the second quarter, he got hurt, he got hit. And anyone who was watching the game, I was watching some of it before I had to go to sleep for work. He got, like, because he, he already was dealing with the, the medical staff of the Dolphins trying to say, oh, he's cleared to play, he doesn't have uh, any concussions or symptoms like that, and he said he's fine. But then when you're watching, when he, you see him go down on that play, when he gets hit, he he's down for a long time. He he's he's feeling his head, like and, and he's doing that thing with his fingers. That that was so that was painful to watch him doing that thing with his fingers. And I was listening to Bill Simmons podcast as well, and he even said the same thing. Like that that was that was that was that was painful. Like it made my eyes want to just like bleed. How painful it was to watch. And this is a like I, I'm I'm pulling and Tua is playing. He was playing great football this season. This is a guy who's been dealing with so much injuries since he's come into the league. Even dating back to his college days at Alabama. Alabama, he was a, one of the greatest players in their program's history at the quarterback position. And coming to NFL, he had a lot of hype. A lot of people were thinking he's going to be a franchise quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. He had to start off behind Ryan Fitzpatrick at first, and then he was coming in during the COVID year, so he didn't get much training with OTAs, anything like that. 
So he he's had so much like setbacks throughout his career with that with COVID and injuries, and a lot of people were really questioning: Is he that guy? Is he can he be an elite quarterback in this league? He was a second overall pick. He was a second overall pick behind Joe Burrow in the 2020 NFL Draft. That draft also had Justin Herbert as well, and and Jalen Hurts, who's also playing at MVP level. We're gonna get to him soon. But Tua was starting to make it like really put up some stats and helping his team win. Like he was really starting to find himself in NFL. And then this happens. He suffers like a potentially a second concussion in, in, in the span of less than a week. That could do some real damage to your brain. Like this is not like I know he he's competitive. They the offensive medical staff, you need you could be facing a potential lawsuit. Like you let this guy go into the fire and you know he's not fully ready to be competing at the this level, such a violent sport such as football. Like, no, you need to let him fully be 110% before he comes back, especially now. The league is on their behind. And the NFLPA. The NFL and NFLPA have already stated they want to make changes to the protocol and they're going to do an investigation. And that's really very concerning. And. Yeah, because this is this is dangerous. You're, you're, you're putting someone's life at risk. We already dealt with so many people over the years throughout the NFL's history, having CTE, memory loss, everything. And the NFL is under fire for it as there's been a fallout over the handling of the Tua situation, man. And he, he already had a head injury that he suffered on September 25th from the Bills game. And then now the Bengals game a few days later. So... NFL, like Chris Nowinski, the co-founder and CEO of the Concussion Legacy Foundation, he told ABC News that despite the increased awareness of concussion and CTE among former athletes, NFL has been dropping the ball when it comes to preventing these injuries. And NFL for the last 15 years, he quotes, NFL for the last 15 years has been trying to minimize the role of on-field signs of a concussion so that they would retain flexibility in returning someone to play if they seem cognitively sound enough in the locker room to go back into the game. And this is where it bit them in the butt. And there will be ongoing investigations as Tagovailoa is expected to be interviewed um, by the NFL. And he will not be playing against the New York Jets on October 9th. One of the doctors uh, said his MRI came out clean and he's still going undergoing concussion protocols. And while MRIs are used to look for sexual damage in the brain as well as bleeding, they aren't able to to diagnose concussions and concussions are usually diagnosed with physical exams and questionnaires about symptoms monitored for improvement over time. So NFL Players Association also tweeted player mental health and safety is at the core of the union's mission. And one thing we know about the NFL, people who really follow the NFL, they tend, they tend to like to hide stuff. They don't like if they can get away with something, they're going to try to do it until it's really at the limelight in the forefront of the national media, of the ESPNs, of the Fox Sports of the public media and the public. And they don't want to scare parents away as well for the future of the game. And a lot of people already know this over the decades. Over the last 10, 15, 20 years, a lot of kids, parents, they, they don't want their kids playing football because of how dangerous the sport is, of what the damn shit can do to you psychologically. It's it's very dangerous. Like, yes, you can get paid a lot of money playing football, but it's a very dangerous sport. It can, do a lot of damage to you physically and psychologically. And I'm just putting my prayers up for Tua, man. I think he's a great talent. Uh, he was playing some great football. The Miami Dolphins are one of the best teams in the AFC. They're looking like a legit contender. Because I thought 
man, Tua continues to improve throughout the season, and they really get this offense down because they got a pretty good defense too. Jalen and their offense with Tyreek Hill at the wide receiver spot, Jalen Waddle, he's a one of the tremendous young receivers in the league, and you also have some other guys like they have a chance to make some make a run, especially if Tua could take a leap throughout the season, continue to improve. But now we don't know how long he's going to be out. I'm hearing potential reports. It could be as long as six weeks, six to eight weeks. That's half. That's half of the season. So that and that's a lot of time to miss. Like rep wise, conditioning wise, he he'll be missing, and then getting that chemistry with your team. And he needs these reps because he's been injured a lot, and he's been mostly a backup throughout his career. So it's gonna be something that the NFL is gonna have to figure out with this investigation. We'll see what happens, but that's I'm interested to see how that's gonna play out. And it's gonna be a while. But yeah, they need to take care of this because this is something concussions are no joke. That's someone's life at stake. And if, and for Tua, for his sake, I don't want him coming back until he's fully, fully ready. So leave that at that. But yeah, that, that was that was very scary to watch on Thursday. That ruined the whole game. Like after that, you heard the, the air sucked out of the crowd when that Tua injury happened. Like the, the broadcasters were talking about it too. They couldn't stop thinking about Tua. He had to get transported to... Uh, local hospital around Cincinnati. Like it, it was bad, man. It, it, prayers are for two Otago Valoa, man. For real, for real. Continuing on with some NFL news. So we had the Packers defeat the New England Patriots 27-24 in OT off a field goal. Aaron Rodgers had 251 yards, two touchdowns, and 21-35 completions. Patriots are out there starting quarterback. And Mac Jones was out with an injury. And I think I think it's a shoulder injury, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, like the Patriots like they're they're I don't think the Patriots are going far this year. Mac Jones, I thought was going to take another leap because he came into this season in better shape, and he has. And he this season he has not looked the same. He does he does not looked how he looked last season when he made the Pro Bowl, and I think and he was one of the best rookies in the league as well. And what injury does he have? I think he oh yeah left high ankle sprain. And it looks very painful. He had to get surgery on it. So, yeah, that's been. Ten- I think he. Ha- yeah, he. I think he has to get surgery on it because I heard it was. It was pretty nasty. The Packers Patriots game. I I didn't really get to watch because I was focusing on the other games, but I heard that was one of the better games of the day. So, uh, the Buccaneers lose to the Kansas City Chiefs. How about them Chiefs? <laughs> My boy Patrick Mahomes. And the Chiefs get back on track after a disappointing loss last week to the Colts. They wind up winning this game 41-31 to improve the record at 3-1. Buccaneers dropped to 2-2. Mahomes had 249 yards, three touchdowns, one pick, completing 23 of his 37 passes. Yo, if you yo, I hope you guys watched that one play where Patrick Mahomes, he he spinned his defender off him while the defender was coming toward him. The defender tackled him. He got it off just in time. It was in the Buccaneers' end zone. He got off just in time. He flipped the pass to one of the receivers. I think, 
I think it was uh, Jordy Fortson. Yeah, I think it was Jordy Fortson. Yeah, I think, yeah, Jordy Fortson. And, and touchdown. I'm like, how did he make that play? He got knocked over too right when he flipped that pass. This guy is amazing. He is magical. He's one of the, he's the, there's been a, there's been a, a article or something, I think a report that he, players or NFL GMs, they voted the most exciting player since Barry Sanders in the National Football League. And I don't blame them. Mahomes is that special. He's transcendent. I honestly think this guy potentially, if it wasn't for the bad O-line and the injury to his toe, he will have two championships to his name. And if it wasn't for Brady in 2019, he could potentially be a three-time NFL champion right now. Maybe even four because they choked that lead against the Bengals. So maybe we're talking about a guy, he has one Super Bowl ring already. But it just sucks because for as talented as he is, he only has one ring. But if, if all those things, if Brady didn't beat him in the 2019 AFC championship game because that bad call from the refs, the refs, the defense kind of messed him up. There was too many penalties. Chris Jones with that offside. And Patrick Mahomes was a young gun. So, but, and then they didn't have a chance to come back and score. But 2019, they could have won the chip, I believe. I really highly believe. 20, last season, I thought they were going to win it, but then they choked to the Bengals. And then 2021, he, he, they were missing their pretty much their, a lot of their star offensive linemen. And then he was dealing with a toe injury. And they were, he was going against the uh, top flight athletic Strong, big and strong Buccaneers defense that year in 2021. So he could potentially have three more rings to his name, which kind of sucks. But I think the Chiefs, I think he's playing smarter, more efficient football now with the departure of Tyreek Hill. He's not really looking for the deep um, throw anymore. He's not looking for the Hail Mary all the time, that exciting deep play. He's looking for smart passes because he doesn't really have that type of receiver anymore to make those type of passes. Like Jordy Fordson, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and Juju Smith-Schuster. They're good, solid receivers, but they're not guys you're going to be throwing 60, 70 yards down the field to to get you deep yardage and potentially get you near the end zone or even get a touchdown. They're not those type of receivers. They don't have that type of burst or speed or ability like a Hill does. But it has made Patrick Mahomes to, uh, allowed him to adjust. He's made the adjustments, playing with his new teammates, and he's making the most of it. And this is a bounce back win because they're coming off of really disappointing loss to the Colts last week. So, yeah, kudos to him. Chiefs, I really expect to make some noise. I, I have them coming out the AFC. I know I said the Bills earlier, but I think it's going to be the Chiefs and the Bills in the AFC championship game. That's my prediction. The AFC is stacked. The Ravens wouldn't surprise me either if they make the AFC championship game as well. But their defense has to improve as well. And Lamar Jackson needs to continue to play at the level at he's been he's been playing at throughout most of the season. I think this week four, it was kind of a dud for him. It wasn't up to his usual standards for the first three weeks that he's been putting himself on. That type of pedestal. He's in the MVP race. He's even playing better than his MVP season in 2020. That's the type of, type of season he's having. But, yeah, the AFC's loaded, man. And you got the Chargers. It's the Chargers to get their act together. Like Bengals, like you have so many options to choose from. Different play styles, different offensive attacks, defensive schemes of these different teams. And all these quarterbacks are unique and different. So on the other end, the Buccaneers, Brady, man, 385 yards. This is the best game, most productive offensive output game of, of the season for him. 
threw for 385 yards, three touchdowns, completed 39 of his 52 passes. But it was in a loss. Mike Evans had eight receptions on 103 yards, 12.9 yards per reception, two touchdowns. He was the most productive receiver for them. Chris Godwin had seven receptions, 59 yards. But Brady hasn't really looked like Brady this season. Last season, he was leading the league in passing yards, touchdowns. He was doing it all. I think passer rating, too. He was at 44 years of age last year. This Now he's 45. We all thought he was going to retire. He comes back, surprisingly. like He shocked a lot of people. Some people weren't shocked, but I was shocked. I did a whole article on like a farewell to him. And he comes back like two, three weeks later after my article. I'm like, damn, I might as well delete this thing now. But the Buccaneers, I, th- I still think they could be a contender. But I need to see Brady. I need to see him play at the level he was playing at last season. And I need to see some of these wide receivers step up. They don't have a Gronkowski anymore. Like Brady's longtime teammate in New England where he won multiple rings with. And that's what I think that's what really that's really holding back the Buccaneers is their offense. Their wide receivers need to step up. Their running backs need to step up as well. Uh, Leonard Fournette had three carries, minus three yards. He probably got hurt, but you need more production from your running backs. Rondé, uh, Rachard White, excuse me, had three carries for six yards. You need, and he had a touchdown, but you need more production from your running your running game and your pass your passer game your passing game. Excuse me. So that's something that the Buccaneers need to improve. But Buccaneers, I. I they're in the NFC. The NFC is weaker, a much weaker conference than it was even last year. It's the yeah. The AFC is like where all the I think the real Super Bowl contenders are. Like the I feel like the true Super Bowl is going to be the AFC Championship game. Honestly, that's how good the AFC is, in my opinion. But yeah, the Chiefs end up winning forty-one to thirty-one. The Forty Nineers defeated the Rams twenty-four to nine on Monday Night Football. I didn't get to really watch this game because I had to go to sleep for work this game was like eight o'clock i got to watch some of it but not much so also watching some nba preseason stuff but matt stafford ended up falling to two and two the los angeles rams defending super bowl champions and the 49ers as a rematch of the nfc championship game 49ers get the revenge they improved the two and two of the season matt stafford had 254 yards he had a pick completed 32 of his 48 passes jimmy garoppolo 239 yards, a touchdown, and 16 of 27 completions. Jeffrey Wilson, their running back, 18 carries for 74 yards and a touchdown. Debo Samuels. This man. This was one of the plays, I, a very few plays I got to watch. He's only, He caught a 57-yard reception. This guy dodging defenders like... Oh my! This guy is one of the best receivers in the game. Every year, he amazes me with some of the plays he makes. Six receptions and 115 yards, 19.2 yards per catch, and a touchdown. He is as productive as they come. There's a reason why he is their top receiver. There's a reason why he was a Pro Bowler last season and why he was first team All Pro. He's trying to repeat that this season. And the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo, wait, uh, Trey Lance out pretty much for the rest of the... He's out for the whole season. Jimmy Garoppolo now. We're going to see how far he could take them. 
And we're going to see what happens with his contract situation after the season. He's going to be a free agent after this year. <clears throat> if they, if say he prove, he leads them to the Super Bowl or the MC Championship game, will the 49ers re-sign him to a long-term deal? Because he's not going to want to sit behind a, a young kid who doesn't even look ready for the NFL. And it sucks that Trey Lance didn't really get to show a sample size of games. <clears throat> Excuse me. That he, he couldn't really show what he could potentially do. Because he got hurt like one or two games into the season. And I think he got hurt in his first start. So that does... So they don't really have... they don't Like the 49ers are in a, uh, in a, in a dilemma right now. Garoppolo, if he... He's playing solid football for, football for you right now, and he's helping you win games. Your defense is definitely helping you win games. 49ers have one of the best defenses in the league. I think they're top five ranked defense. Yeah, according to lineups.com, I'm going to look it up right now. I, I looked a few days ago. They were a top five ranked defense. And they've been consistently a top five ranked defense every single, like our last, the last few years, like thing, I think two, three, four years now. They've been a top five defense. They, yep, they're the best defense in the NFL. They're they they're third in points allowed, second in sacks, ninth in interceptions, twelfth in turnovers. They're first. They allow the fewest points. Well, wait, it says first in points, but it says third there. For some reason I don't know why it's like that, but they're first in yards allowed. That means they allow the fewest yards per game. Second in passing yards allowed. 12th in pass completions, first in pass touchdowns, second in rushing yards allowed. So you're talking about the elite of the elite defenses in the league. And Nick Bosa is one of those elite defenders on their team, on one of the defensive ends, and a host of other guys. This is a, a Super Bowl-type defense. So fifth in red zone touchdown percentage, first in red zone touchdowns allowed. Like, this team is a first in first downs allowed. Like, this team... They allow the fewest amount of passing touchdowns, red zone attempts, red zone touchdowns, and first downs, just to name a few, and yards. So you're not gonna get much in the, in the, your offense against this team. You better have, you better be precise and accurate, and really be able to read their defense. You better be, be lucky. There, you better hope their defense is slacking that day because this defense is that legit. And they're even ahead of Buffalo, which has a stout defense themselves. So the fact that they're ahead of Buffalo as of right now for the best defense, according to lineups.com, which I love using, look at uh, team rankings, where teams rank in different statistical categories, that's saying a lot. So 49ers, man, they're, don't sleep on them. I, I have, they're what I think they're going to come out the NFC, honestly. If they stay, if Jimmy Garoppolo, if, if their key players stay healthy, and they keep playing like this. I got the 49ers coming out the NFC. The Rams, to me, I just don't see it this year. Losing Odell Beckham, I feel like, is really hurting them offensively. And Cooper Cup's not having the same offensive season. Teams are really gearing up to stop him. And it's show, yeah, it's showing. He's, I haven't been hearing about him dominating games. And I just don't feel like they have that same juice in them this season, the, uh, the, the Rams. Now, I want to get into the last few games on the slate. So we had the Eagles, Jaguars, Eagles 129 to 21. And it sucks because I had the Jaguars winning this game. I bet it on the Jaguars winning. They were at 14 and nothing at the end of the first quarter. And then they just choked the game away, man. Eagles going to score 20 points in the second quarter. 
second quarter, 20 points you allowed in one quarter. Jalen Hurts is playing at MVP level, even though he didn't throw for a touchdown. He rushed for one, though. Um, but his passing yards, he had 24 yards, 16 to 25 completions, and he had 16 carries for 38 yards and a touchdown. And Miles Sanders, their running back, had 27 carries, 134 yards, two touchdowns. He had an amazing game. Jalen Hurts continues. I mean, yeah, Jalen Hurts, he has really improved his passing mechanics in the offseason. Yeah, the way he used to buckle uh, his left knee, used to snap. I was listening to a Ryan Rosilla podcast, and I think Trent Dilfer, he was talking about how Jalen Hurts made improvements to his uh, mechanics and throwing the football, and he has really improved that aspect of his game. And you, like, he has taken his game to a level that a lot of people did not expect him to reach, and that's saying something. And the Eagles are the only undefeated team in the NFL right now. They're 4-0, and they've beaten some quality opponents. Jaguars are playing good football. They beat them this this week. I don't remember who they beat last week, but they they'd be in some some teams, man. And I want to see how they play against like the Bills if they play them, because I haven't looked at their schedule. But Eagles, yeah, Eagles are legit Super Bowl contender, man. So they they defeated the Commanders. That's that's not really a <laughs> yeah, that's not really a, a a real game. But um, they defeated the Lions so far. Oh, not not really a much of a tough test. Vikings uh, in between Jaguars, but coming up Sunday they got Kyler Murray and the Cardinals at um, Arizona. The sixteenth they got the Cowboys at home. They got the Steelers the thirtieth at home. Some other games I'm trying to they play the Packers November twenty seventh, so around Thanksgiving time that'll be a true test for them. Uh, other teams they look like they're gonna play. Yeah, they have an easy schedule. The Eagles, they're not playing no legit. They're not playing the Chiefs or the Bills or Ravens, for that matter of fact. So they they have the easiest, arguably the easiest schedule in the whole National Football League. And it shows why they're undefeated so far. So I'm waiting to see, like, what they do come postseason time and if they can stay healthy because it's it's a pipe dream to think everybody's going to stay healthy in football. In any sport, regardless of what sport it is, it's a pipe dream. But especially in football, as violent and physical as it is, the Cardinals. So Jalen, oh, speaking of Jalen Hurts, before I get into Cardinals and Panthers, Jalen Hurts, he's playing at an MVP level. According to sportsbettingdime.com, he is fourth in MVP odds right now. So we got Josh Allen, the Bills, who's favored at plus 300 odds right now. Mahomes and the Chiefs, he's continuing to play at a great level. He's at plus 500 odds, he's second. Lamar Jackson of the Ravens is third with plus 550 odds. And then Jalen Hurts is plus 550 tied with Lamar Jackson. I think if Hurts continues to play on the level he's playing on right now, he he might surpass Lamar Jackson. And that's saying a lot. I think they're the two best running quarterbacks in the league right now. The most They're the most dynamic in terms of running the football. And Jalen Hurts has really improved his throwing ability and accuracy. It's, he's been really accurate with the football as well. I'm about to look up his accuracy right now because I think his completion percentage has been something. It's like some insane percentage. He, according to ESPN, 
his completion percentage thus far this season, 66.7 completion percentage. He has thrown for 1,120 yards already this season and four touchdowns. And he has a 99.6 passer rating. So that that's scary. That, that that's scary. And this guy's only going to get better. He has a 60 60.7 QBR rating, good for 10th in the league right now, and he's 5th in yards. And he only has two interceptions thus far. If he could make sure to cut down the interceptions, he's going to be great. He this Eagles team, man, I I'm bullish on them right now. I'm real bullish on them. And they have a top 10 defense. They're ninth in overall rankings of their where they rank in different statistical categories on defense. They're ninth. So they're sec uh they're first in sacks allowed. So they're they're the best in defensively and the most again the most sacks. Uh seventh in interceptions, first in turnovers. So they force the most turnovers of any team in the league at this juncture. At this junction of the season, ninth in points, third in yards allowed, seventh in passing yards allowed, twelfth in pass completions allowed, ninth in rushing yards, second in rushing attempts, second and fourth down percentage. So when you're when you have a fourth and one or fourth and inches, this is not a defense you want to be playing toying around around with. They're gonna probably force you to punt. You're gonna want to punt against them because you're most likely gonna get a turnover. Turnover on downs, or you're going to be throwing an interception or getting a fumble. That's how elite this defense has been thus far throughout the season. They've been playing Philly tough defense, and Philly is one of the hardest cities to play in for any sport. That that crowd, they they're non-apologetic. You got to have the right mentality, and right now they they're, they're putting it, they're putting on a show for for Philly fans, man. Like for real, for real. Shout out to the Eagles, man. Only undefeated team in the league. So they're playing some great football. They got the Cardinals, Kyle Murray coming next week. Raiders defeat the Broncos and a desperate need for a win. They were the only one this team left in the no, the Texans are the only winless team now in the league. But the Raiders, one and three. Derek Carr only had 188 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. But Josh Jacobs carried this team to a victory. 28 carries, 144 yards, two touchdowns. They had 212 rushing yards to the Broncos 85 rushing yards the Broncos they don't have an elite running game and it's hurting them because Russell Wilson has not looked like the Russell Wilson of old in the last year and a half he's been, I think I think age and attrition is starting to catch up to him and he has not looked the same and then losing Devontae Williams to injury we don't know how long he's going to be out but he's pretty much been their best offensive weapon like, like him being out is going to really hurt them Russell Wilson only had, he had 237 yards, two touchdowns. But when you're watching the game, like the numbers say, okay, that's 237 yards, two touchdowns. But when you're watching him play, he can't scramble, dodge defenders, and get, like navigate around them. Like it's it, it look, like he doesn't have that same burst, the agility that he used to have. And he seems to be like overthrowing his receivers sometimes, not not being as accurate as he usually is. And it cost them a game. They're now 2-2 two and two of the season. And they and they just paid him big money. They just gave him an extension, guaranteed money too. And if I'm the Broncos, I don't know why they did that because he's an aging quarterback and he and he has shown in the last year and a half that he's not at that same MVP 
level anymore. He's not dangerous anymore. I still think he's an all-time great. He's a future Hall of Famer. He's a champion in this league. But until I see it, like Bill Simmons said, I just think he doesn't have it anymore. And I love Russ. He's a great person, great father, great role model, great husband, all that. But in terms of his, his play on the football field, I just don't think he has that it factor anymore. I mean, hopefully he proves me wrong. He did rush for a touchdown. But in terms of his quarterback play overall, it just it just hasn't been there at an elite level. Jerry Judy, he had a touchdown caught for the Broncos. And um, what's his name? Cortland Sutton for the Broncos as well. But their offense needs to be better if they're going to be legit Super Bowl contenders. Because their defense, I think, seems to be good enough to... Yeah, they're fit. They're they're a top five defense right now. They're a top five defense. So there's no reason they they can't be a Super Bowl contender. It's their offense. Their offense is what really really is hurting them right now. I think Denver's offense, I'm looking at lineups.com right now. Their offense, they're 30th in points. So they're not really good at scoring the football. They're 18th in passing yards. 22nd in pass completions. 21st in pass touchdowns. 20th in rush touchdowns. 29th in touchdowns. 30, they're dead last in red zone touchdowns and dead last in red zone touchdown percentage. They're the worst team in the red zone. When, when in guards to when it's trying to score a touchdown. When, whether it's first and goal, second and goal, third and goal, fourth and goal. And it, it has shown this season. They really struggle to score when they're right there at their opponents. Um, and go in their territory. And they're 30th in first downs. The Denver Broncos, they have an opportunity. If they can improve their offense, if Russell Wilson and this offense can get it going, they have a chance to really contend for a Super Bowl. But if they don't get that, if they don't get the offensive flowing on all cylinders and getting their mojo and that swag, they're not they're not going to be a viable contender come playoff time. Like they have the defense; their defense has been really helping them win games. The games they've won so far, it's been because mainly because their defense. But we'll see, because the Broncos got the Colts on Thursday. Colts. Colts, we'll see if Jonathan Taylor plays, but if Jonathan Taylor plays, you know, he's going to be a problem. He's going to be a real problem. <laughs> but the last game is the Cardinals and Panthers. Kyler Murray leads the Cardinals to a 26-16 victory to improve the 2-2 two two in the season. Uh, the Panthers dropped to 1-3. Murray had two touchdowns. He threw a pick, 207 yards, completed 23 of his 32 passes. He and then Marquise Brown had a touchdown as well. Zach Ertz uh, caught a touchdown as well. Kyle Murray continued to do what he does best. But the Cardinals, they need to improve their offense. Some plays. I wa- Oh, yeah, this game I watched too a little bit. I got to watch some of this game. I was flipping back and forth between the Bills-Ravens game and the Panthers and Cardinals game because they were, they were in that 1 o'clock slot for the NFL. And one play... Yeah, one play, I was like, Kyler Murray, I wonder how he really sees over the defense. I'm like, yo, this little 5'9 guy running around with big, rushing, 300-pound, 6'4 guys coming at him. I'm like, yo, this guy, 
This guy is different. Some of the plays he makes, he, him, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts are the three best running quarterbacks in the league right now. It's not even close. It's not a debate. I don't whatever order you want to put it in. Lamar Jackson's the best. No debate. But whether you want to put Hurts or Murray too, it, it's all. It's based on your opinion and how you feel. Personal opinion, like that. Like Kyler Murray is electrifying. When he's engaged, he is hard to stop. And yeah, he made some bow-handed plays, but they ended up getting the victory. But Baker Mayfield, man, two interceptions. He did throw a touchdown, but two picks, 197 yards, 22 of 36 completions. Baker Mayfield has been terrible this season. Panthers, he, and he was, this was a season when he, a lot of people thought he was going to make a comeback year. Like he was going to be highly motivated, have a great season, especially after. The Browns didn't want to give him that contract extension because they don't believe he's the franchise quarterback. This is a guy who was a former number one pick in 2018. He is. He only has a 54.7 completion percentage. That's not good. He only has 747 yards of the season so far. He has three picks to four touchdowns this season. That is four touchdowns to three picks. Man, you almost has more picks than you have touchdowns. That's a bad touchdown to interception ratio. And his QBR rating is 15.3. He's dead last in the NFL in his QBR rating. He is dead last. Talking about a starting quarterback, a former number one pick, who has a 15.3 QBR rating. That is, that's, that's horrendous. That is an atrocity. You should not be starting. You shouldn't even be in the NFL with a QBR rating like that. Shannon Sharp, he, he, he's not a, Shannon Sharp, he's been saying for years, Baker Mayfield, he's not that guy. He's he's really not. Even Steve May Smith said it. Steve May Smith said, Baker Mayfield, man, you, you're on your way out the league. Like, the way he's playing right now, he's 27th in yards with 747. He's tied 20th in touchdowns. He tied 14th in interceptions, and he's dead last in QBR. And over the years... This man has never thrown for more than 30 touchdowns in the season as a number one pick, former number one pick. Because he had 14 interceptions his rookie year, 21 his second year, eight in his third year as a Cleveland Brown. Last season, he had 13 picks to 17 touchdowns. And he he already has three interceptions this season. So... This this is very, very disturbing. The Panthers, I think they paid him. I don't even remember how much they paid him to come there. In fact, yeah, because this guy, at this point, he might be end up in the XFL or the CFL, whatever you want to call it. You know, that XFL has become big. So, Baker Mayfield, there might be spots for you, man. Because the way you're playing right now, if you keep playing like this, you're going to be finding your way out the NFL, man. By the end of this season, they might bench you. Like he, if if you watch, if you really watch the Carolina Panthers games closely, he be overthrowing receivers. He be underthrowing them. He's inaccurate as it comes. It's the reason why he's fifteen point three QBR rating. It's not for no reason. And he can't run the football. He can't even make up for his lack of an elite thrown ability. Like, and he's not a he's not he's not a mobile guy. He can't he can't twist his way. And navigate around defenders with his elusivity, agility, 
and, and speed like a Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray or Jalen Hurts. He doesn't have the electrifying arm or accuracy of a Justin Herbert or a Josh Allen or the poise and accuracy of a Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes. He he's, he just doesn't. And he, man, the Panthers, they, they might be, Matt Rule, your, your job's in jeopardy, man. You might be fired if the Panthers keep going on this current trajectory because nobody expected them to be this bad. I bet it on the Cardinals winning this game because I don't trust Baker Mayfield. His foot, his footwork in the pocket is terrible. He, he's not good at turning shoulders. He's not good at making plays on the run. And he, he's just a guy I don't trust to me. I trust my, as, a, as my franchise quarterback to win me football games. I just don't. And that, that's just something the Panthers are going to have to figure out, man. Baker Mayfield. And, he, and he's been talking... Baker Mayfield, I think he said something about the North Carolina fans they need to be grateful or something. I don't even remember exactly what he said. Stephen A. Smith said something about it, but the, the they seem hopeless, man. They seem really hopeless. This guy, this guy's career is in jeopardy. As a former number one pick, his career is in jeopardy, man. It really is. But, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into some of the games coming up this week in the NFL. Before I close out this podcast, I wanted to strictly focus on the NFL. I hope you guys have been enjoying this. I've been doing, I've been trying to go without taking a break, so I just I haven't really given y'all NFL content, so I wanted to really do this episode without really taking a break. And oh, not much breaks, but I really wanted to give y'all as much what happened in Week Four, what I thought some of these matchups and the games I actually got to watch. Like Bill Simmons, he he always gets to watch all the games because he's a rich guy. He has all these screens. I don't have that luxury, so I try, I had to flip through the channel, so I can't always catch every moment, every game, to really pinpoint what happened. But I'm a tr- I try my best. I try to watch that, flip flip through games when one goes in commercial. Try to go to the other game so I can see what's happening, and I'm gonna try to take notes. But man, Baker Mayfield, you need to do better. That's all I gotta say. So coming up in week five. Already of the NFL. Thursday night football, 8.15 p.m. Eastern. We got the Colts and Broncos. And then Sunday, 9.30 a.m., surprisingly. We got the Giants and the Packers, two historic franchises. I got the Packers in there winning that game. I got the Broncos taking the Colts at home. Patriots-Lions, I got the Patriots winning this. I think that Bill Belichick defense with the Patriots is going to come up big. Browns-Chargers. I got the Chargers defeating the Browns at home. Texans, Jaguars. I got the Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence, I think they're going to bounce back after a blown game against the Philadelphia Eagles last week when they were up 14-0. Falcons and Buccaneers. A lot of these games are in the 1 o'clock slot. Falcons, Buccaneers. I got the Buccaneers. Tom Brady. Uh, and they're at home. So Tom Brady's going to want to get that dub. He's not going to want to have his team go down below 500 of the season. Bills, Steelers, I got the Bills at home. I think the Bills are easy going to destroy the Steelers. Steelers don't have enough offensive weapons, and I don't trust their quarterback play. Dolphins and Jets, I got the Dolphins. I think even without Tua, I think the Dolphins' defense and their weapons in the passing game with Hill, Jalen Waddle, and others, I just think it's too much. The Jets, I mean, the Jets have been playing some solid football, but I think Dolphins take that in New York. 
Bears, Vikings, I got the Vikings winning that. Uh Titans Commanders, I got the Titans. Seahawks, Saints. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Saints. I'm gonna take the Saints. 49ers, Panthers. I got the 49ers easily. Taking taking the Panthers at home. At, in Carolina. Eagles, Cardinals. Uh I'm gonna go. That's a good one. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was Kyler Murray. Two two exhilarating quarterbacks who could do it with their legs and their arms. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Eagles. I think Eagles playing exceptional, amazing team football on both ends of the field. And Jalen Hurts is at an all-world level right now. So I'm gonna go the Eagles. Cowboys, Rams. Dak Prescott's been out injured. Cooper Rush has been filling in perfectly as a back quarterback for them. And I'm interested in the scene when Dak Prescott comes back. What's going to happen with the QB shuffle? Or is he going to be a certain quarterback or is it Cooper Rush? Because Cooper Rush has been helping them win games. But it hasn't been just him. Cowboys defense has been playing well. Michael Parsons is a transcendent talent. A lot of people are saying he can he be the next Lawrence Taylor. So their defense has been amazing. But Cooper Rush has really been holding it down in the QB position. A lot of people probably didn't think this was going to happen. But Cooper Rush has really been holding it down. I'm going to choose the Cowboys, surprisingly. I got to upset. I got the Cowboys defeating the Rams in L.A. Bengals, Ravens. Ooh, Lamar versus Joe Burrow. I'm a, ooh, that, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go Lamar Jackson. I think he's going to try to come back, make a statement at home in Baltimore after that gut-wrenching loss against the Bills last week when they could have easily won that game. So I think they're going to make up for it against the Bengals. Chiefs, Raiders. I got the Chiefs. Chiefs are at home playing against a struggling Raiders team that finally got a win. They needed a win for their confidence. But I think the Chiefs, Found their mojo last week, and I think they're going to continue to try to prolong that moment momentum going into Week Five on Monday Night Football. So, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you guys really enjoyed this NFL episode. My Week Four takeaways, some of the stats and outcomes of Week Four, my thoughts, and my predictions for Week Five. I think it's going to be a really another great weekend of football, and I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. It's been your host, DJ Hamilton. I'm really trying to grow this brand. Make sure you guys shout out the podcast, the website. Like, comment, subscribe. Leave five stars on the podcast. Shout out the website to your friends, co-workers, family members. Whatever you can do. Whenever you see me post, see if you can share it to someone else or post on your social media feed so it gets out to more people. And I don't really appreciate that. And man, like, this, it's been a wild ride. Over the last two years since I created this podcast and then here go playing the website. But yeah, you guys listen to me on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, Anchor, you name it. As I continue to try to do great podcast content. And I'm going to try to make another video for my YouTube visual content for you guys as well. And I hope you guys continue to enjoy my work. And I really enjoy and appreciate people that really do listen to the podcast. I want you guys to give me some constructive criticism where I can improve on as well. And whenever I do like the Spotify questions, I want people to really like answer them. Like, what do you guys think? I want you to know your thoughts, like, your insights. I want to get feedback. I want to interact with you guys. So please, whenever I do like questionnaires, like who's your favorite team to win the Super Bowl? Anyone who has Spotify, please leave me a comment or something like that or reply so we can have some interaction. I want some fan interaction. But yeah, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It's been your host, DJ Hamilton. I'll see y'all next time. <laughs>